The uh, scriptures that we hear uh, any day of the week often are contrasting scriptures, or they deal with a contrast. In this case, is a real strong one. It's contrasting those who are tied up only with the material and, and sinful and an and empty kind of life, even though they might have a lot of stuff, it's kind of empty. And then those who are poor, but they are able to be enriched deep in the spirit. <clears throat> and there's an added piece to this today because we get to see our part in, the, in this, our choice. So Jeremiah <clears throat> is real clear. Jeremiah was one of the prophets that suffered a lot and, and struggled, and he's crying out to God in this portion of the scripture that we have today. He's telling God, why am I being punished for all the good that I'm doing as a prophet? This isn't fair. And he contrasts the, the richness of God's love with the emptiness, desert-like emptiness of people who stray away from God. And therefore, as he is trying to live out this relationship with God, he's asking for the blessings that come with it. Then in the gospel, Jesus is contrasting in this story that he tells somebody who has a lot of stuff but is empty and somebody who is poor and yet is open and ready to receive from God. And what happens is, in this particular life, this rich, wealthy man who eats and it says sumptuously every day, and by the way, a little detail, Jesus doesn't give him a name. He remains nameless, although he's got everything. But he gives the name Lazarus to this poor man, this poor man who, who sits outside, lies outside, just wishing he could eat the crumbs or scraps that fall from the rich man's table, just longing for that. That's how poor and hungry he is. It says even the dogs will come and lick his sores. He just was a, in a hopeless situation. And then they both die. Everything changes. The rich man ends up very poor, destitute. Here he is in hell, the description of hell, the tormenting flames, on fire but not burning up, just suffering. And interestingly, he cries out, and of all people to ask to help him, he asks that Abraham would send Lazarus, the one that he never helped, the one that he wouldn't even give the scraps or crumbs from his table. He asked for him to be sent, to dip his finger in, a, in some water, and just to put it on his tongue to ease some of his torment. And of course, the conversation goes back and forth. Abraham says, we can't cross to your side, you can't cross to our side, that's the way it is, blah, blah, blah. Then he says this, and it's as if there's a, a moment, a moment in his life where he at least is concerned about someone else, his five brothers. Was it all just it's family and you watch out for family? Or was there something that moved in him or changed? And he said, then please send someone to tell my five brothers so that they don't end up here like me. Save them if you can't save me. And then, lo and behold, the whole story turns on us. It turns on us, slaps us right in the face. And his answer is, let him, let him listen to the prophets. They, they won't listen to them. But if somebody were to come back from the dead, 
And our eyes open wide as we say, uh-oh, we know someone who came back from the dead. So that all of his words ought to penetrate and, and just because Jesus Christ came back from the dead, do we all listen? Hmm. Two days ago, <clears throat> I saw some more dreadful news on television. Um, this man that went and stabbed a 17-year-old boy to death. He's out there waiting for his parents to pick him up from school. What a, what a surprise they got. And, and no particular reason that, that was evident, at least as far as I've heard so far, there was no knowledge of this kid. But either this man was mentally ill, which is a very good chance, or he's just filled with hatred for whatever reason. I can't think of any other reason. Mentally ill or just filled with hatred. And that stuff exists out there. Thanks be to God it isn't the majority. It's a tiny minority, but it's an awful minority. And so I asked myself, you know, this scripture is asking us to become not aware, but super aware. Super aware of the need for goodness and, and spirituality and, and life-giving spirit of God to fill our lives and direct our thinking direct our choices, our values. And the further we get from God, and it can be kind of innocent, and we just aren't putting in the time. We aren't opening our spirit to God. But the further we get from God, the more likely, I think, is that we can become desert-like, empty and barren. Uh, we're here every day of the week. So, in theory, anyway, we should be the most super aware as we keep feeding our minds and hearts with the Word of God and allowing it to open up our spirit. And today, Jesus says it directly. He, I could change the word and say, look, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back from the dead. So all these things I'm telling you, listen, hear me. Or do you need to wait until I come back from the dead? Then will you open up and hear me? But it just simply states the fact that, hmm, even if someone should rise from the dead, even then maybe people will not listen. So as we open our hearts to this word of God today, the first step is to really listen. And I think to myself, there's lots of Lazaruses around, lots of them like 40,000 homeless living on the streets. And, uh, you know, none of us could solve that problem. None of us could solve it. But we can touch it. We can influence it. We can even just pray for it. But in any case, there's a lot of Lazaruses, Lazari all over the place. And I think Jesus is calling upon us to do something, to say something, to be something more.